1: Arr, grog. Hey everyone, it's episode 5 of the Sidershed podcast. It's Peter Fickling here. Kerry Warbis and Matthew are along for the ride. We're not going to bother with personal news this week because I just want to crack on talking about Monday, which was personally one of the high points I've ever experienced listening to the Archers. It was amazing.
2: It was a real triumph, honestly. I, I think... Part of what made it really good for me was the pace of it. It never let up. It was just bang, bang, bang. Excellent stuff the whole time, starting with Lee and Helen, which is a surprise. So Lee was going mad, wasn't he, about having to be naked. And Helen was surprisingly chilled out about that.
1: I was. I felt quite heartened because I, I, I liked Lee. And I liked Helen mm. and I, kept, I pinched myself, shuck my, you know, slapped my cheeks, came back. Yet now I'm still liking them. I'm still enjoying their, their company. And they were logical. Their reactions were natural. They behaved like two new, normal human beings for about five minutes.
0: We got to imagine, we said before, hard to imagine them being a sexual couple. And then she said, it's not like I haven't seen you naked. So we know they've done it at least once.
2: It didn't sound like Helen, though, to me. It was very sort of, ooh, unusual. Maybe, maybe Lee is changing Helen.
1: I mean, I've said this a hundred times, but it feels like uh, it feels like the characters are all being, there's, the whole the whole show feels like it's going through a bit of a, a sort of a sea change. They're bringing on some of the new characters, some of the younger guys. They're retooling some of the older characters. They're moving they're moving people like Lillian and um, Kenton and Justin and sort of you know David and Ruth into a whole different sort of phase. And Lee and Helen are obviously going to be sort of slightly more avuncular. What's the what's the what's the what's the auntie equivalent of avuncular? But anyway, whatever that Mm is, uh, Helen's going to be taking that slightly more sort of warm, uh, maybe Susan-like role. And if that's that's the way they're going to go, I'm willing to wipe the slate clean and and to start from scratch on those two. I
0: tweeted out that I thought she was initially going to do her nuts when she found out that Lee had agreed to go Starkers on a bank holiday afternoon. Well, she did afterwards, but she was totally fine with him. She knew it was going to be naked, and she wasn't. She was quite chilled, like you said, with the idea of mm-hmm. him going along to do it, even kind of jokey about it. Yeah. I thought afterwards, I thought there were large periods of Russ shaming in this episode. Yeah,
1: this <laughs> and, was a catch.
0: Yeah, and she. Yeah, I, I, I was picturing Lizzie in like some dominatrix suit. She was giving Russ such a hard time. <laughs> he's completely either he's oblivious to it, or it just knocks off him. No matter how much, how many times she tried to shame him, mm. you know, you didn't get the screen ready. Um, thanks to Freddie and everyone's coming, thanks to Freddie and you know I thought it was quite bizarre i like I like the bit it's very public, yeah, and when she said to him that's two that's two life models you've lost in a week. I was <laughs> imagining these kind of waif like naked figures <laughs> running around the grounds of lower Loxley like you see them and they duck behind a tree
1: and she referenced the uh, um Oscar Wilde quote, didn't she you know to to lose two yeah yes um, exactly yeah. yeah
2: um I thought. When and Joy obviously appeared uh, at that point earlier on in the, in the episode, say and she was like saying, Lee is such a beautiful man. And I loved it when she said, um, I'm very creative, I did our A level.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she's laugh. the
1: only person who did our A level who is creative. And I, I say <gasps> that as someone who has uh, who sat in a room full of equally untalented people drawing a bowl of fruit.
2: I did our A level, thanks.
1: Were you... Oh no, you're a good artist, aren't you? I've seen some of your stuff.
2: Well, I mean, one of the things
0: that came out after the pod last week was that both Kerry and I have posed for life drawing classes. We and have, and, and we failed to bring it up on the on the podcast.
1: And did you did you do the um, the Russ approved full frontal standing up cock and balls pointing at the audience pose, or were you kind of demurely draped over a chair? I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah.
0: I was naked and sitting down, which I think is arguably worse. <laughs>
1: but, did, um, did, did people get to see um, Matthew's pride and joy? If that's the question?
0: Um, I guess they did. They got to draw it as well, so they got to take it home. It's the, uh... somewhere
1: out there, listeners. Yeah. If you own, <laughs> if you were one of the people at that life drawing class, please feel feel free to um, send in any you know daubs you have of Matthew's daub.
2: Matthew, did you deploy the strategic scarf? I didn't,
0: unfortunately, no. but I did have a screen, as I recall. All I remember was it's just incredibly uncomfortable. You never realise how incredibly uncomfortable mm-hmm. it is sitting in one position for such a long period of time. Yeah. Um, but I like I liked uh, Russ's delivery; it had all the right inflection uh, when he said "in the buff." When yeah. he said he wouldn't be able to teach the class <laughs>
1: He was amazing He was the actor who plays Russ I don't know who he is He did an absolutely mm. cracking job um, yeah. I, I, If they, if, they, if they are trying to get rid of Russ I'll be disappointed Because uh, Matthew, you were uh, I think it was the first episode of the Cider Shed Where you were very um, vocal about your love of Russ
0: Yeah, he's a very amusing character I mean, he's everything that's annoying about him I find amusing I know for some reason it winds people up And I know why people have a problem with him and Lily I get all that, um, but it is a soap opera, guys, mm. and I I find his character really funny.
2: The best bit was when Helen told him that he should be the model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and he was like, uh, "No, yeah, how can I possibly?" But he obviously wouldn't, would he? He's he's fine bossing Lee around and expecting him to stand naked in front of all the villagers.
1: Well, uh, when I was when I used to dislike Lee before, I sort of you know uh, forgave him. Um, I sort of made a prediction that it might be a micropenis plot for um, for Lee. And then now I'm thinking Russ. Russ I don't know why I'm oh. obsessed with penis size, but maybe it was, you know, because Russ reacted very strongly mm. to the idea of um, being asked to pose. he, he thought he'd style it out a bit.
0: He said he couldn't teach and, and be in the buff, could he? That was his excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I thought Lee was a bit of a chicken as well, didn't you? I mean, considering he gave it the big one when he did his old boot camp Workout routines, Full Metal Jacket, screaming at everyone. Basically, when he had to, when he had to pose naked, and mm. I don't know what what the exact pose was. But um, yeah. I mean, Helen kind of that was where I think she started to be a little bit like she was with the blowing out of the candles. She was like, "Don't don't try and make him feel guilty." Yeah, because it was a <laughs> like...
2: charity for a mental health um, thing, wasn't it? And she was like, "Don't guilt trip him into the, doing this." You know, when you
1: hear about um, Sting and um, his wife Trudy, they have kind of like. 25 hours of foreplay before they finally sort of you know get to the vinegar strokes mm. and you know get in trying to and try and give each other mm. orgasms do you not feel that's what we're doing with the um, lead-up to the conversation about joy wonderful wonderful joy
2: <laughs> What this was like a tantric build-up
1: exactly to, to, yeah. to
2: joy getting naked
1: a long teasing conversation about russ and um uh, lee and their potential stripping off mm. and then you know just before we get to the you know the final
0: yeah, I've I mean I've been preparing for it. As you know, I'm recording in my pantry. I've i I've stripped down and I've can I've drank five hundred ml of ayahuasca, so I'm ready to talk joy.
2: <laughs> it was just the casualness with which she just went, I can do it if you like <laughs> and then just next thing you knew, off were her clothes.
1: Yeah, Lizzie was like, Oh, she's stripped
2: off already. <laughs> yeah.
1: Russ said, oh, I'm going to have to go and adjust that pose. And then Lizzie says, oh, I think, oh, you'll think you're going to have to. And they, mm. the, it, what, the way it was written, you, you, you could see everything. You knew exactly, you know, the way they, they told you all the little details. So mm. you, could hit, you could almost feel Joy striding off to the tent. Her clothes came off in a nanosecond. <laughs> and there she was, you know, growler out staring at her <laughs> new neighbours, um, ready to give and all and all of this all of this with, you know, a slight eye on the um on the election. Mm.
0: and it also it didn't really seem that they'd had told the the class that this was about to happen and then you just heard this massive round of applause <laughs> as a naked joy appeared from behind the screen. Mm.
1: Who was it you you said that she looked like um and I actually agreed with you Kerry. It was a uh, Jane
2: Macdonald um, is who Jane I always imagine her as.
1: Yeah, so do we, oh, but the way that uh, that Joy described herself, are we thinking she might be even more ample? Well, not that Jane McDonald's a very um, well put together lady, but uh, do, do you think there might be more of Joy?
0: Mm, well, curves are more interesting, she said, didn't she? Exactly. And then Russ yeah. had this kind of moment where he drifted off and went, yes, they are actually. <laughs> And it's like is he gonna be able to teach the class with a stalk on? He's getting a little <laughs> bit too excited here.
1: But Lily, Lily and Elizabeth are emaciated, aren't they? That's the kind of the picture I get, is their kind of, you know, um barely fill a pair of joppers, sort of, you know, yeah. um country stick insects.
0: So Lily runs off with Rex and Russ and Joy become an item.
1: Are we not thinking Rex and um uh, Pip after the oh, a, a little little bit, bit twisted in the church? Well wow, that's there's, there's, there's previous, isn't there? It's I mean the you archers,
2: might... Matthew. I didn't understand why Lizzie was a bit twitchy in the eye about um, Joy saying, can I put my leaflets on the board? Yeah. And, st- and then and she went, we can't be seen to be showing bias. And then a little later, it was all fine to do that if she did a speech um, for the parish council thing, wasn't it?
1: I guess it's natural. I guess we're all inconsistent in our way. But, you know, when you when you listen to the arches, it does sort of come across very strongly, doesn't it? Like Lizzie can get incredibly pompous about some very sort of minor details and then sort of be, you know, um, uh, getting drunk with um, Vince and crashing into a, a, a meeting with a, a potential artist, mm. you know, someone who's going to exhibit in her, in her business. So it's, you know, she is, um, she does sort of, she is unpredictable.
2: Yeah. Who, someone who isn't unpredictable is Adam. And he was weird <laughs> again. <laughs> um, you know, the weirdness of Adam will never die. He he did angry Adam this week, didn't he? With Brian, oh my god!
0: He was the second growler in Monday's episode. <laughs> he just spent the whole time grumbling and growling. You could at have Brian given
2: me
1: a heads up, Brian. It's so it, it, the sense of ownership he has over the people who he who work for him is yeah. very strange. Like. Yes, Jazza was offered more money to go and do something that's obviously more interesting. Mm. So you, what you do is you march across the village, you look him in the eye, you say, "How can we make your role more interesting? Can I give you some more money?" And if that doesn't work, fit within your business model, you just lick your wounds. You don't have a temper tantrum about it and start, you know, mm. haranguing your um, father-in-law.
2: He was losing no, someone else at the same father. time, wasn't he? There was some other person. Was it Igor Eli? or Eli, Eli or
0: something? <laughs> Igor is the guy you answer as a door honor. On a storm stormy night, oh, yeah. when your car breaks down,
2: <laughs> he, he goes not into aquaponics, really. <laughs>
0: there was one thing where they there was a cutaway. I mean, you had Brian said I didn't tell you in the first place because you'd just be huffing and puffing about mm. it, which I think was perfect description of Adam. And he, he was moaning because jazzer has paid leave, to which Brian said like, "Well, he's perfectly entitled to it." Yeah, and then they they cut away. I guess probably if it was Monday's episode, they cut away to either Lower Locksley. When it came back, um, Adam seemed to be talking to the fish. There was no one in the room, or no one, and he was like, "Oh, I suppose I have to place the ad myself now." And then Brian suddenly uh, went, "Adam," so he'd obviously been on his own, and he and he didn't he didn't end a phone call, so he wasn't talking to Ian. It was very strange. And he asks him, he asks him like his how many orders have you got for this wonderful business idea you've got? Uh, Zero.
1: (laughs) And then Brian had to kind
0: of, (laughs) Brian had to gently explain to him, well, like, zero orders is pretty shit, Adam, actually.
1: Well, Brian's, Brian's never very sympathetic, but he is quite kind of... Um, he is quite good at sort of seeing other people's point of views, even if he and if he doesn't care, he doesn't act on that kind of understanding. Yeah. But, you know, he understood jazz 's point of view. He's quite ruthless. And, you know, it's like, OK, your business isn't making any money. And I just you would have thought that after all these years that Adam would have just realized that, you know, no matter how selfish Brian can be, there's no there's no agenda when it comes to the farm beyond making money.
2: Mm. Yeah, he said, didn't he, you know, Alice wouldn't throw good money after bad like you are, Adam. And everything um, Brian said seemed to make sense.
1: And Alice Alice has made, Alice has been, despite obviously her well-documented problems, she's been good on the farm. Adam has commented Mm. on that. Brian is competent on that. I mean, she could obviously be a lot better at everything in life if she was, you know, able to to calm down on her drinking. But mm-hmm. she's been competent on the farm. I just, you know, it's not it's not like she's it's not like she's you know, if at the end of this week, I'm sure Adam would, that, at that point would hold some water. But at the beginning of the week, it was just a ridiculous thing to say.
2: Yeah, because for Brian to say, you know, Alice is pragmatic, grounded, and has her head screwed on. It goes to show that Alice has fooled him. I mean, he might have slightly rose tinted spectacles because, you know, he adores her. But mm. but she has held her own in that regard, pretty much, hasn't she? Business wise.
0: Yeah. I mean it was um there was some there was a few they were almost uh, reminiscent of the lines that Kate had a few weeks ago about the quiche it was that Adam said something like, uh, you would never treat Alice like this. And yeah. it was come on. <laughs> It's just bizarre, but yeah. you know. And then he said, to "Chip off." When he was singing her praises, he said, "Oh, chip off the old block." And he's oh, "I didn't say that." He's like, "Yeah, it's was implied, wasn't it?"
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think, as regular listeners, that we we just see? See too much of that stuff. So obviously they've got to put in enough of these kind of bits of plot exposition so that the more casual listeners can kind of keep up. It's like, oh, I see. Yes, Alice is being framed as the goody two shoes, but we know that she's. The... But because we're these kind of like bizarre obsessives, part of this strange community, bizarre obsessives, we we you know we've got we're absolutely saturated in all this detail, and so perhaps a little bit more intolerant of it.
2: Not really. I know what you're saying, but I think it's so clangingly in your face. Even if you came across this as the first episode you'd ever heard, you'd think he's a dick when you heard Adam, (laughs) wouldn't you? And you'd think, oh, Brian, you know, he's very confident. You know, you can read all of them pretty much like a book, I think, in this particular episode.
1: I love hearing you talk about Brian or being so unreasonable about, uh, you know, using in your defence of Brian because it just makes me feel a lot better about what I'm about to say about Emma later on.
2: Okay, good, Um, yep.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because I will be equally as gimlet-eyed in my...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Emma
0: channeled, I mean, we talked about in the past how she's like UN Secretary General Mm. material, but tonight she kind of fused that with uh, Peggy Mitchell, didn't she?
2: Well, she's protective of her brother, isn't she?
1: We're recording on a Thursday. We normally record on a Thursday. It's only been a couple of hours since the episode. And I kind of knew it was coming, but I still wasn't prepared. It felt like a all-out assault. I, I felt very beaten up and and uh, damaged by the whole thing.
2: Yeah, it seemed to ramp up really fast. And it? it started, so, there were only a few seconds at the beginning of jolly preparation. And I knew the minute I heard... That there was a tear in the christening gown. You know, that's always a bad sign, isn't it? A portentous omen. That... Oh,
1: I see. You thought it was like a, a, ra- a raven flying from the tower. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, okay. it was yeah, a, a sign,
2: a clanging, clanging sign like they do in the arches. Uh... I,
1: I'm afraid I fell for their um, magician's trick of look at the, look at this hand, look at the distraction over here, look at um, look at Alice turning down the bottle of champagne. I fell for that hook line and sinker. Oh. I, felt,
0: I felt the reason she was asking her to sew a bit faster was for her to vanish so she could neck something, and oh. that that turned out to be true, didn't it?
1: Yeah I'm very I'm 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 very naive and optimistic when it comes to the archers so I just I was I was going along with all of their misdirection
2: Yeah I, she did do well to turn that away and you know Jennifer was like no no keep it keep it so and so bought it for you what will they think they won't think anything Jennifer just take it home you know listen to her and do what she's asking
1: The actress who plays Alice has been remarkable the mm-hmm. last several months. But I thought the guy who played Chris was just amazing today, absolutely amazing. Because, you know, like, it, it, he sold he sold the drama so well so that, you know, you were completely immersed in it yeah. and sort of, like, wrought and upset by it.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially... He said that she nearly dropped the baby, didn't he? Mm. Um, it's obviously... You know, he found the miniatures, firstly, didn't he, in the bag? Um, Yeah. And that was a tense moment because you thought, oh, Chris, are you being OTT here? Are you putting on too much pressure? And then you heard the little chinking of the bottles as he rummaged in the bag. And thought, oh, God, it's true. And she had already had some. And she was like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just need them to get through today. So, um and then at the church, he said, she's dropped the baby. She's drunk. She's drunk. You know, straight away, he was telling um, Emma, wasn't he?
1: I will say, Kerry, you know, you've got two to happily grown up and healthy kids. Mm. After a few months, dropping a baby doesn't seem like quite such a big deal. You've probably dropped it <laughs> 10 or 12 times by then. It's like, <laughs> it's, uh, unless there's blood pouring out of his eyes, you're probably like, just wipe it down. Kerry, did yeah. you ever drop one of your little smashes? No like big proper. No,
2: not once. I didn't. No, I haven't dropped them ever. No, well, it's about
1: time you give it a
2: go. Shall I try tonight? Straight after
1: the podcast, <laughs> yeah. go pick Mimi up, and yeah. you know, give her a little drop.
2: She's nearly twenty-one, but I'll give it a good go.
1: <laughs> you and Mimi have been doing some sort of like you know early morning exercising recently, so this could be something you could just build in to, to you know, little pick up, <laughs> little drop down, little pick up, little drop down.
2: <laughs> Whilst we're walking around the park. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's a, it, it's a, it'd be probably quite a good bonding exercise. Yeah, it'd
2: be good for my abs. <laughs> um,
0: I felt that, to drag things back to the archers, I felt that um, there was probably a production, you know, obviously because of COVID there was production issues. I felt that there should have been lots more shrieking from the Aldridges and the Carters in the background of this this scene. There should have been more involvement from other family members mm-hmm. and it wasn't, it was just isolated between, there was yeah. reference that she's heard everything of Susan, but, you know, it was just Emma Alice and Chris, I thought it would have could it could have benefited yeah. more from like a stunned Jenny or
2: a, a some sort of Brian. comment from the audience who were sitting yeah. in the church would have been great. But they were outside. I felt it happened outside, yeah. didn't it? They hadn't I can, gone I into the church. the church. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they will have been aware of a kerfuffle and a bit of shouting, but I don't think they'll know the fullness of
0: it. It, it kind of just ends with Alice sounding like she's completely alone in the car park.
2: Yeah, and her going, my little girl.
0: Uh, I mean, it's just, it is so annoying that, and I know we've touched on it before, that, yeah, I mean, obviously Chris is pushed to his breaking point, but possibly avoidable, all of this, if they just tell her parents and his parents, and Mm -hmm. it just, this this shame that they've been trying to save themselves, as Mm -hmm. we all knew would happen has now just exploded in this this nuclear option which is in the in the car park of the christening. It's just yeah. and, and and nobody again knows how to deal with it properly. You know, I don't think Chris is angry, he's scared, he's terrified, Emma's protective. Um I didn't I didn't think anyone came out of it looking good, if no.
2: I'm honest. And Twitter is interestingly Split into three camps, there's the supporting Alice camp, she's ill, Chris is being awful to sort of rip the baby away from her camp. Then there's the poor Chris, how on earth would he know what to do? He's protecting the baby camp. And then there's the third camp who are like having feelings of care about both Chris and Alice uh, because they're both struggling and both don't really know how to handle things, so I think I'm mm. in camp three, really.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think you can sit quite happily between the first two, and then I just I don't see why it has to be column. column you know, just you have to pick one. Mm. Alice needs help. Chris obviously needs help. He Al, Chris has been naive in supporting Alice's desire to hide hide the truth. He's you know that he, he's already cracked and had to tell a few people just for his own sanity. Um, and he should have had the, you know, I don't know. I'm not criticising Chris when I say this, but you just wish that he had had the, the confidence to say to her, frankly, your privacy is not as important as getting you the help you need, and yeah. that is your parents and your sisters and your, you know, Debbie, mm-hmm. for instance. And he could have said to her, he could have said to her, call Debbie. She's not in the country. She'd be the perfect person for him, to, for, mm-hmm. for Alice to lean, you know, to, to to reach out to
2: and leaving um, Alice alone, you know, is a very worrying thing. Again, you know, if she is literally abandoned at this moment, I worry about what she'll do. Where will she go? I, I think, you know, if she does disappear, um, because she's so distraught, I think she might go to the Isle of Wight and sort of walk into the sea or something.
1: Do you think that's the route they're going to go down? That Alice could do something as dreadful as you know, killing herself or just running away. I, From a completely selfish point of view and I've said it so many times, I just want it over and done with. I want to move back to we've had the slave plotline, we've had um, Kirsty's fallout, we've had the alcoholism. It's been very heavy for a very long time. Um, but I'm hoping, 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 hoping that the alternative is that um, Alice will go back to Jenny and Jenny will do a fantastic, I think Jenny will do a fantastic job of picking her up.
0: And the only other thing Alice related that I wanted to mention from my part what well, did you think of her reworking of hush little baby <laughs> <laughs> oh quite nervous because when she wasn't even was well, she said if that diamond ring don't shine mum is going to pay your parking fine i thought she was saying mum is going to neck a bottle of wine
1: i not i didn't i didn't remember that at all i didn't i completely zoned that out i i think i um there was that was that the second was that the second one of the week
2: that was when she was looking at, she then looked at the photos of the Isle of Wight and, um, you know, she she said, I, I've been thinking about um, Martha's future and I just see a big black hole of nothing.
1: The thing is, I do, I mean, obviously I massively sympathise with Alice's predicament, but the way, in her moments of sobriety and reflection, it, her, she sounds, it almost, I don't know, it's weird, I'm trying to think of the right way of putting it, she doesn't sound like Alice. So, you know, have we been listening to a relentlessly pissed version for the last how many years? Just just this last couple of weeks, there's been a whole extra side to her personality. It's, um, and I, you know, I don't know enough about that level of alcoholism to sort of make any comment.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, Peter. That is an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that before, but you could be right that... And That, but also, I was wondering, you know when she had the miniatures, I was thinking, well, has she been doing this quite a lot all the time, and he 's not noticed
1: they did do that to us for several months because they basically mm. they basically revealed that we 'd been given vignettes and glimpses into her drinking we hadn 't been given them mm. you know we hadn 't heard the full horror yeah um, on microphone, so I you know they, they do seem more comfortable with that than new script editors which is which is fine, but it does get a bit confusing because obviously you've got the different writers, you've got, we've got, you know, for you four decades of knowing Mm. some of these characters. So it's, it is taking some getting used to, but um, anyway, I'm, I'm finding, I am, I am finding Alice's personality jumping around a bit, a bit confusing, but I am trying to take it seriously and sort of like, imagine that it's, it's imagine they've done the research and trusting they've done the research.
2: But my point really was about the miniatures and stuff is, do you think she has actually been drinking all this time whilst, um, Having, That's what I took away from Having it. New, new Martha. Because she was. Impl- she said, I needed it for this event, which is the christening. But it's like, mm, I bet you've been doing more of this.
1: Well, she said to Harrison, didn't she, a couple of weeks ago, she was very clear that, you know, it was like uh, she was a bit drunk, but she was just kind of like, well, what's the harm? You know, Chris has taken her away, so it's the perfect opportunity. No, it's not, not going to do anyone any mm. damage. So I think she'd negotiated She's she she's obviously got obviously got these negotiations where she's like, well, it takes me this long to sober up. I can have this much to drink, and no one will get hurt. Mm.
2: Yeah, which is a bit sad. It was a bit desperate when Chris said, Lit, have a have a coffee, as if that sobers you up."
0: Mm-hmm. Which it does. Start drinking water, mm. and then have a coffee. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a bit. Wasn't going to go well, was it? Mm. She over, when they talked about going back to the Isle of Wight, she overruled. Um, Chris's building of the sandcastles on the basis that she's the engineer yeah. in the family. And he was like, oh, I'll just do kayaking and picnics, which sounded a bit chaotic to me.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I know I know that Kerry, Kerry's already got some kind of dramatic scene where she's taken a flight to San Francisco and she's going to hurl herself from the Golden Gate Bridge. But yeah. um, I'm, I am hoping that we're going to have a good, a clean Alice, you know, achieving her full potential and living a kind of a, a sort of more adjusted and humble life soon. But I just, I mean... Do they have time for it? Do we, do we have time? Because they've taken it all so seriously. Do they have time to do this properly and for us constantly to have to check in with Alice and hear mm. all the different stages and hear the five or six relapses as she gradually sort of like steps backwards and forwards towards, you know, long-term sobriety?
0: Yeah. One of, one of the real stumbling blocks I have with this drama is when Chris gets angry and or upset his voice just really reminds me of Mackenzie Crook playing Gareth Keenan in the office, <laughs> yeah. you know, when David, David Brent leaves and he starts, looking, that, that's it. That's the end of the team. isn't it? Um, I just can't take it seriously.
1: My West country accent mm. does come on a bit when I've been exposed to a bit of the, <laughs> you know, the Wurzels. So a bit of Chris or um, something else. And my, you know, uh, the Cadbury's caramel bunny. Is she, is she um, Norfolk or is she in um, West country?
0: Um, I think she's Somerset, isn't she?
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So mm. uh, again, like if, you know, if, when there's been a particularly strong push for Cadbury's Caramel, I do go a little bit West Country. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but listen to Matthew. It's a it's a strong and powerful accent. Something to be enjoyed. It's like having honey poured into your ear.
2: Mm. Exactly. And, and who doesn't love that? <laughs>
1: yeah, that is a, that's a very good point. <laughs> It sounds like a medieval form. one of those
0: things that the Indians do to you in the desert.
1: Yeah, you have you have um thing. You know, you have hot poker spit places, and you get drowned in marmalade or honey. That was what happened to kings and um, people. wasn't in the past, wasn't it? Who was the one who got um, sodomized with a red hot poker and then drowned in marmalade?
2: Paddington Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's in the third movie. Um. <laughs> oh, play the DVD upside down, and that's what you yeah, yeah. <laughs> get
2: um speaking of voices though emma went really dark voiced when she was shouting outside the church there was Mm. something sort of otherworldly of the protective anger over chris did you hear that proper sort of almost growling
1: i preferred it when she was shouting at pip and rex yeah i Mm -hmm. could imagine she
0: took martha didn't she and i could imagine martha's being held away and she's turned to Alice, and she's un- unloading on her. And I was like, "Yeah, she's really angry." I think in that—that's kind of that thing where I said that you know I, I understand she's upset, but I meant that a little bit when I said nobody came out of it well. In that you know you're not mm. going to—is it going to help this person talking her to, to talking to her like this? I know you need these kind of shocks and these truths, but not sure it was. Uh,
1: I know Emma's the greatest person who's ever lived, ever in any in reality or fiction. But um, I did find. <laughs> There was that she. There was a slight lack of empathy for Alice. You know, she's a mother. She's, she, you know, she's part of her personal brand as being this incredibly sort of family-oriented, sort of you know, driven by compassion and love mm. person, and. She and she's also had all these very intimate conversations with Alice recently, so she's not she's not like anyone else there. Suddenly, like oh what? But Alice has been drinking, and you know she's she's been around the arena around the block. Surely she understood that Alice's yeah. drinking was a bit worse than Chris had told her. So I did think that she she showed a failure in, in empathy.
2: Yeah, and do you think in real life, would that have actually happened? Like, let's imagine that's us with a relative outside a church and there's loads of people waiting inside the church for the christening. And Alice, you know, she wasn't arse You, She had drunk and that is wrong and we wish she hadn't drunk. But would you not just go like, come on, we can do this. You'd get through it, wouldn't you? We need to deal with this and then deal with what's going on here. You know, there's people waiting, we've got... Or do you think you would have this massive Barney and snatch the baby and you know, i't can't, I can't really imagine that happening
1: I think you would put your arm around Chris, you would pull him off to one side, you would hand the baby to Jennifer and then you would someone else would go and come for Alice, and you would just sort of like yeah. you know you would just create some distance and you know but it mm. doesn't make good it doesn't make good drama does it so
0: I mean to loop back to where we were saying like where does she go I think Monday's episode starts and she's a she's at Jenny and Brian's. That's what I think.
2: I think she's just marched straight towards the pulled pork and slaw, which is <laughs> just lying it up. redundantly. Yes.
1: <laughs> do, do you think we're going to have a? Do you think we're going to have a, a, a Damascene moment for Brian, where Alice holds a, a very kind of like well-polished mirror up to his 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 influence in his life, and he has to you know or Jenny? No, Jenny's going to insist that Brian gives up drinking when Alice comes home. She's going to make it a dry house, and Brian's going to have to go cold turkey.
0: He's going to have to sneak into the poly tunnels with a with a Rioja, isn't he?
2: Is that the name of one of the workers?
1: <laughs> yeah, a tun- tunnel is a tunnel is a traditional Romanian name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: anyway, test biscuits.
1: Well, this is the thing. So next week we're going to be. We're going to get treated to a lot of Susan and a lot of Jenny. I think that was what the whole test biscuits thing, wasn't it? It was, was to sort of mm. uh, uh, get us get us kind of warmed up for some Jenny on Susan action. And, yeah, they did sort of kind of these weird sort of raw sharp tests. It sounded absolutely dreadful. These weird kind of amorphous mm. blobs with sparkly <laughs> and glittery icing on top. So, you know, Jenny showed a sort of like uncharacteristically generous side in appraising Susan's mm. efforts.
2: Yeah, she realised, didn't she? Bless her. Um, Jennifer was enormously snobby about the party favors that were pink. Everything pink: party bags, pink crepe paper, pink confetti. Um, I thought this was marvelous. It was so ridiculous and so very Susan to be doing, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I've got a special cutter that looks just like Martha's face, and then <laughs> and then she <laughs> wanted, didn't she? She what? She said she ordered it, oh, yeah. oh. and then Neil said that they looked like Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that was <And laughs> Jenny. I mean, Jenny was kind of—I don't think it's going to quite fit with my theme. Mm.
2: But
0: then, yeah, she, there was this kind of heartwarming moment when they kind of bonded how sh- over how shit they were. they went to see them
2: yeah but it was all because susan said you know you're you're doing everything for this and it's been such a terrible year and baby martha's brought such joy to my life that i just wanted to do something and i think it melted jennifer's heart a little bit didn't it and she went oh go on then let's make some thicker thicker icing yeah Get a Mm.
0: thicker base for your icing and Mm. that should work. I like that bit. She was like, so we'll be eating her face, will we? Yeah,
2: perfectly normal, covered in edible (laughs) glitter. Yes. Did we speak about petrochemical foam bananas?
0: No, that was Mia... Doing a questionnaire, stroke, chat up of Rory. I mean, I don't know what's got more e numbers: um, Susan's biscuits or phone bananas. That was
1: unlistenable. That whole that whole bit. I mean, I liked Rory. I liked Ben. I liked Mia. I liked them in general, but just the agony of listening to a teenage girl, sort of sort of clumsily trying to gain the attention of an older man.
2: I'd like to interview you. It was, it was just so bad. I'll come back in an hour, and then Ben was there, wasn't he? But that's
0: exactly what Ed told her to go and do, wasn't it? Go and talk to him about petrochemicals, and she was like, "That's ridiculous." And then the next week, she's doing it.
1: Right. Well, and it, you know, to some extent, it worked. She did have the conversation with the guy that she fancied, um, but I just, you know, it was it was so it was so painful. It was so awkward, and I yeah. felt so bad for me. I just, you know, I just hope that um, Rory is gentle.
2: Yeah, there was that nice bit, wasn't there, where Ben said, you just need to be careful. And he went, what What off? And he went, well, her feelings. So he was looking out for the situation Ben, having pointed out to Rory the thing that he hadn't...
1: Yeah, different. dear dear Archer scriptwriters, we get it. Ben's a good guy. All right, you can, you can calm <laughs> down now. He, the message has been very clearly delivered, yeah.
0: The mockery kind of, did, it, it, it sounded like he was just going to be cruel and, you know, mm. And then he, then he did kind of come round and say, you know, you yeah. have to be careful about her, her feelings. Yeah.
1: And it was quite, it was nicely written as well and acted because Ben was kind of there in the background, kind of make, doing some little kind of sarky asides.
2: Yeah, that's funny. Peter, you just said it was very well written and I said it was terribly scripted. <laughs> 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 Let's have an arm wrestle and see who wins.
1: I like I like the way that Ben was was written. I think is what I was was trying to say. Uh, I'm not. Tra- okay. I, I'm, I'm you know you know you know me, Carrie. I, I it went, once or twice a year I've got the courage to disagree with you. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, and it might have been today. But no, I was it was more it was more just you mm-hmm. know the fact that they sort of kept Ben in the conversation in a natural way. Like it wasn't kind of like and yeah. now I turn to you and you listen and now you turn mm-hmm. I turn to you and you listen. So, so. Yeah.
0: she she was uh, noticeably. Disappointed that Ben was there, wasn't she? When she returned yeah. with her with her fake questionnaire, which yeah. is probably—I don't know what's actually on that piece of paper. I do but, hope um,
2: she doesn't get sort of heartbroken because it is de- devastating. How, she's she's fifteen. Yeah, uh, that's my question.
0: He's what eighteen? Older?
1: Uh, twenty? I think is not he? Is he twenty? No, 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 you're right. He's, no, he's older. Than, he's, he's one year older than Ro- uh, Ben, isn't he? I don't know what I'm talking about. Shall I Google it?
2: Well, Ben's done a year at uni, hasn't he? Uh,
1: Well, the actor does not look like um, I was expecting. It says he was born in um, 2002, so 19. I shouldn't have Googled him. I I don't like knowing what they look like, the actors look like. And they need to update his portrait as well, because they've got him in this kind of slightly sulky kind of entitled stance. But obviously these days he's a lot more sort of... Gregarious and sort of uh, um, light-hearted. Yeah,
2: I've, I've I've seen pictures of Rory. But Google Ben. That's always a treat.
1: Oh yeah, but you've got you know, but Ben's famously good-looking, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have a, gonna have a look at him. To, this is my um. Yeah, and no, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm, I'm sure you know. I mean, he's got a very pleasing face, but oh, uh, you? you know, mm, okay. It's, I mean, he looks like handsome Just monkey. Just because he doesn't look like you, Peter. I guess we're handsome <laughs> monkeys.
2: What? <laughs> Just because he doesn't look like you.
1: <laughs> I, I I I consider myself I consider myself to be a, very, a deeply average um, man. But uh, what's know? me
0: and his younger brother called, by the way? Oh, the one that stayed. If you Google him, it just comes as, up as a yellow silhouetted figure sitting next to a style. <laughs> Does it? Yes, because they haven't got an actor, but they've bothered to put a backdrop and a
1: silhouette. It's very very creepy. Mm.
2: Is he made of biscuit? Have you found the spooky silhouette,
1: Pierre? No, no, no. I, I I gave up on the cyber stalking of the various yeah. young actors, um, biscuit biscuit <laughs> um, shaped or otherwise.
2: But I think, in summary, this week was quite a treat. I th- I think you know the, the the writing of it, the acting overall. Um, I know Tuesday took a bit of a dip, but it was a rip roaring week. I think.
1: The standard has got so high that I think we have become a little bit entitled. So you know, in, in, in when I first started listening to the Archers, I think a week like this, I would have kind of probably, you know, it, it wouldn't have even recognised it as, as you know as being the same show. Mm-hmm. And so yes, you know. Uh, uh, especially, I mean, maybe it's because they're condensing everything into these sort of like four episodes a week, but Tuesday was a bit weird, but then also uh, uh, without, you know, at a subconscious level there was all kind, there's all, kind of, all kind of all kinds of textural details and layers that probably fed into our enjoyment of, of mm. today's episode and also, you know, there's no way they could have done two Mondays, so it would have been too much. Yeah. You know, you would have just been, you would have just been spent after that.
2: And remember last week had the time capsule and Lillian and just in it so you know we were spared exactly. any of that
1: so let's exactly let's be grateful
0: for Hoopoo. small mercies yeah yeah i was having i i mean i i had a bit of a rush on monday's episode i, I could barely con- i had to at the beginning I had to at the end I had to go right back to the beginning and listen again because I felt oh, like <laughs> uh, yeah I felt like you know like um someone who's lived in a cave all their life suddenly going to Times Square at night I was just looking around at all the bright shining lights and all these voices <laughs> that were firing from different directions at me
2: oh Matthew you are easily pleased you know I'm sat in a pantry right now and I'm having a great you time
1: are. <laughs> So, Matthew, you've, you, you've recorded. How would you rate, um, now that we're sort of winding down towards the end of the, the podcast, how would you rate your pantry experience? Do you think you're going to be back in the pantry next week?
0: Well, let's see. Um, I've had a good time. Um, I hope all the non perishable goods have enjoyed it as much as I have. I'm, I might try and improve my, my line of vision next time. It's a bit boring at the moment. What, looking at sardines? looking at some sardines and some um corn flour and tapioca i need to need to improve it a bit
1: well i was talking about personal branding earlier on that was some very powerful <laughs> powerful work from you there matthew and kerry how and you, are you content
2: yeah very content i'm here with my amber and patchouli candle on oh, in, in okay. my very nice. in okay. my bedroom in my patchouli. Is yeah. that, I mean, patchouli is. was very much
0: the essence of like leather clad heavy metalers stroke goth stroke gribos when I was a teen.
1: There you go. Tick, tick and tick.
0: It packs a punch. Yeah, still to this day, whenever I pass someone and they've got patchouli on, I have this very weird teenage... Mm, Lost the word. <laughs> sexual arousal. <laughs> oh. It's it's like this moment of like you know, like being back to being on heat when you're a teenager and mm. like the summer of love and all that oh, kind well, of stuff.
1: Okay, well when you go to Portugal later on in the year, Kerry, do not pack the patu. Or do <laughs> <laughs> one of the two, depending how you feel about Matthew's wedding vows. Um and so and how
2: um How about you, Peter? <laughs> Let's ask <laughs> you. I'm
1: sitting I'm sitting in my little office. Mm. I I'm very content last week we discussed uh, about think positive things that people could do yeah. to help us spread the word on the podcast. Please could people go out and um, go to the uh, the Apple um, uh, website or the app, or you know go on on your app and give us a, a um, give us a thumbs up or a, a star rating and, 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 and even a review if you've got the time That would be absolutely fantastic. That would be a really positive thing you could do for us um i think i looked at the statistics something like 60 percent of our listeners are on apple so you know if you've got time to do that that'll be absolutely fantastic we're going to try and come up with some other bits and bobs kerry has been sending out some um hopefully amusing um uh, memes that we've been creating to go with the podcast so if you could forward those that'd be fantastic and um i've been speaking to a uh, someone who actually knows what they're doing about facebook and matthew i've I haven't told you this before but i let you down massively i set up our facebook account in all kinds of terrible ways so that's conversation
0: you, you, you mildly confessed to it but
1: did I, yeah anyway there's more there's more to come i i royally screwed up i spoke to someone and they basically just said yeah you did that wrong and that and that. anyway so i've got to apologize to matthew off air and so, yeah, if you could, if you guys could chip in with that, that'd be fantastic. We'll come back with some more stuff because obviously we're all working towards the glorious, glorious moment that is um, Kerry's um, brutal um, grilling on Mike. <laughs> Um Kerry Twitter news.
2: Yeah, we've broken the five hundred followers mark, which is marvellous. Yep, yeah. and it, every day new people join us, which is brilliant. Lots of activity on there. There's a nice little community talking to each other via our threads. Um, yeah, they're a really, really funny, funny bunch.
1: So if you want to email us, it's hello at the cidershed.com. And if you want to find us on Twitter, then it is um, at the cidershed pod. And on Facebook, I think it's the same, isn't it, Matthew?
0: The cider shed podcast is our group, um, and I was just counting our yeah our members went up a little bit slower on Facebook. I think we're in the uh... well,
1: we've already we've already found out who the problem is on Facebook, and it's me. So <laughs> anyway, I will be I will be trying to be less of a problem, and um, may hopefully make it a bit of an easier place to navigate. <laughs> so thanks, as always. Big huge thank you to Kerry and Matthew for putting up with all of my um, all of my nonsense. Uh, we had some, we had a f- we had our first uh, we had some more recording snaffies today, but we got through them all right, didn't we?
2: Yeah, if the recording has saved, yeah.
1: <laughs> Good point. So yes, um, well, this becomes like a, if a bear shits in the woods, you know, if, <laughs> because this might not go out. Huge thanks to everyone. Enjoy the week, and we look forward to talking to you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.